There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, smart contracts now on Bitcoin and how the NHS is using blockchain with the COVID vaccine. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today is Monday, January 25th, 2021. At the end of every show, I say, go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a comment. One thing I don't do enough is say thank you for those comments. With the managing editor of Decrypt this morning, we went through those comments, read them all, and took your suggestions. And I want to say that they're very thoughtful and our five-star rating is very appreciated. So what I'm trying to say is I appreciate you and thank you to everyone that's listening and double thank you to everyone who left comments. Now, those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. I'm recording this at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is in at $34,382.19, up 6.4% from yesterday. Ethereum, 1429.42, which is up 8.3% from yesterday. Litecoin, 145.30, up 5.2%. Chainlink, 24.25, down 4 cents from yesterday. And XRP, 27.8 cents, up 1.5%. We've crossed the $1 trillion market cap for all of cryptocurrency, sitting at $1.010 trillion, up 6.4% from yesterday, with a BTC dominance of 63.5%. Top 10 coins haven't changed much. We have Bitcoin at number one, Polkadot at number four, and BNB at number 10, and the normal gang all in the middle. And in our first conversation today, I want to welcome Munib Ali, the CEO of Stacks. And we're going to talk about smart contracts on Bitcoin. What does it mean? How does it work? And does that mean DeFi as well with Bitcoin? Check it out. Thanks for having me. You guys just did a mainnet launch, Stacks 2.0. We're talking about smart contracts, Bitcoin, all kinds of interesting things that are going to be coming down with new evolutions in this blockchain Bitcoin space. Tell me what you guys are working on. Stacks 2.0 as bringing apps and smart contracts to Bitcoin. And this is this has been almost like a very fundamental thing in our industry for a very long time because Bitcoin is designed the way it is designed by, by Satoshi Nakamoto. And by design, it does not have smart contract functionality at the Bitcoin base layer, and that's for security. Similarly, Bitcoin is meant more as a settlement layer and it is not supposed to scale out to millions of transactions and, and so on. So that is the primary reason why a lot of other projects have created their own separate blockchains. Like namely, I think the work that Vitalik did with Ethereum comes to mind. Like it's a separate proof of work network that introduces a full smart contract language. And whereas if you go back to the original thinking of Satoshi, like there are writings on you know Bitcoin talk and so on, where Satoshi would talk about enabling these use cases by reusing the hash power of Bitcoin. It's a very interesting uh, relationship if these use cases actually share the compute power of Bitcoin, 
that everyone is kind of like in the same boat. Everyone has the same vested stake. Everyone wants Bitcoin to succeed. So that is the, the problem that, that we've been working on. Uh, the initial versions, the Stacks 1.0 version was kind of like built on top of Bitcoin and it was as scalable as Bitcoin itself, which is not that scalable. So the master design that we've been working on for the last three years is actually consensus between two blockchains, consensus between Stacks and Bitcoin. And more importantly, the Bitcoin hash power gets reused and Bitcoin is actually securing transactions on Stacks. The, the way, one way to think about this is you could do thousands of transactions on Stacks 2.0 and they automatically settle on Bitcoin every block. Just like, you know, Lightning is a, a faster payments protocol. You would open a Lightning channel and then settle that channel on, on Bitcoin. That is kind of like baked into our blockchain design where general purpose smart contracts and applications can scale out on the stack side, but they're automatically settling on Bitcoin through to the mining process. And then I would uh, highlight another interesting piece, and this is more on the economic side of the consensus algorithm, that with newer proof of stake type protocols, uh, like Polkadot or Algorand, uh, you can actually lock up your assets to participate in consensus and you earn more of the same asset. But there are some risks like, you know, slashing conditions and so on. The way this, consensus algorithm works is stacks holders can participate in consensus by locking up stacks, but they're actually earning Bitcoin. So that's a very interesting economic dynamic where everyone, everyone kind of like, you know, values Bitcoin. It's, it's like digital gold. They want to earn more of it. So there's a new cryptocurrency that is extending the functionality of Bitcoin. It is using it as a settlement layer, but then people can earn more Bitcoin by, by participating in consensus as well. So you mentioned Lightning in there, and you mentioned a lot of things about stacks and settling on the Bitcoin on the Bitcoin um, chain and in Bitcoin blocks. Can you give me an example of what Stacks 2.0 can do in the future? Is it a settlement layer just like Lightning for transactions, or is it more than that? It is. It is. Uh different in the sense that it brings general purpose smart contracts, right? So we ended up uh, working on a new programming language. It's called Clarity. Clarity language is effectively, think of it as it's optimized for security. So people, developers can get uh, formal proofs of, of correctness that they know what exactly their program is going to do even before executing it. And these smart contracts actually have visibility into Bitcoin meaning that if developers now want to start programming against Bitcoin, that hey, if this transaction happens on Bitcoin, trigger an action in the smart contract, you can do that. So the Stacks blockchain actually has uh, additional data and state for these smart contracts. It's a, it's a separate blockchain because someone has to keep that data. Someone has to kind of like operate that network. And it's, it's not like Lightning where once a Lightning channel closes, the data is kind of like gone and you don't have to worry about keeping a copy of that data. Whereas in our case, because it's execution state of smart contracts, it's a little bit like if Ethereum was kind of like tethered to Bitcoin, right? And the smart contracts on Ethereum were actually powered by Bitcoin. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's kind of like the design that we have. But last question, really briefly, you say smart contracts. Do I hear DeFi, but with Bitcoin? Yes. And I think it's a potentially a pretty interesting market. I, I do think that a lot of the Bitcoin capital right now is just passive capital. Think of this as like, instead of issuing wrapped Bitcoin and taking your Bitcoin to some other blockchain, this brings smart contracts to Bitcoin. So it's easier for Bitcoin holders to actually start deploying some of the, the Bitcoin capital into smart contracts. There are other technical details like how exactly that happens, but the broader framework is 
instead of taking your Bitcoin and wrapping it on some disconnected blockchain, we want to bring the smart contracts directly to Bitcoin and make it easier to, to enable uh, Bitcoin DeFi. DeFi with Bitcoin. That's what I'm talking about. Muneev Ali, CEO. Wait, I got to get this right. Are you the CEO of Blackstacks or Hero or Stacks? Yeah, I will, uh, so basically, when the project started, the project was called Blockstack and the company was called Blockstack PBC. Mm-hmm. So to differentiate the open source project from the company, uh, we simplified the project to just Stacks. And Hero is a developer uh, tooling company in our ecosystem. And now we have multiple entities and, and, and players in our ecosystem. So our company is kind of like one of one of the entities. And the main thing people should uh, look at is the Stacks ecosystem and, and can learn more by going to stacks.co. And there we go. Maneeb Ali, CEO of Stacks. Thank you for coming on the show. Take care. Next up is Mance Harmon, the CEO of Hedera. And we're going to talk about their efforts in working with the NHS to make the COVID vaccine as safe as possible. Mance, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Thank you. Happy to be here. Wonderful, wonderful. Happy to have you here. Look, we've been talking about blockchain being used practically for years. And your company, Hedera, is using it practically in a real world application right now when we need it. Can you do me a favor? One, talk about blockchain and what it's good for, and then kind of transfer over how your company is being used to basically help save lives? Well, blockchain, you know, it's easiest to think about it as a special type of database. Most databases, there's a single party that's managing them and updating the information in those databases. And because of that, anyone using the information has to trust that single party. Blockchain makes it possible. Hedera doesn't use blockchain. It uses Hashgraph. They're the same kind of technology, except Hashgraph has a lot better performance and security. But by using Hashgraph, it becomes possible to create a database that gets updated and managed by a large collective of organizations or people. Therefore, you don't have to trust one party with the information. Uh, you're trusting a large group of people or organizations to keep that information accurate and, and tamper-proof. So that's, can you do me a favor and, and define a little bit of Hashgraph, the difference between blockchain and Hashgraph? Yeah, so blockchain was the technology that came around with Bitcoin more than a decade ago. It's first-gen technology. It's very slow. For example, Bitcoin can only process seven transactions per second globally. And Hashgraph is just the next generation of technology like that, except it maximizes performance and security at the same time. Our platform can process many thousands of transactions per second at a fraction of the cost of of blockchain that fuels Bitcoin and Ethereum and, and many of the others. Let's transfer this over to how are you using Hashgraph and your company right now to, like I said, help save people's lives? Hedera provides this global public database, distributed database in the way that I've described it before, based on Hashgraph. Everywhere is a user, it's a company that is using this infrastructure to provide asset tracking and monitoring software of the Pfizer-based COVID vaccine. So the, the vaccine has to be stored at negative 70 Celsius Uh, in the distribution centers. When it gets to the hospitals, it can be stored at two to eight Celsius up to five days. And then you have to throw it out if it hasn't been used. 
everywhere is monitoring the temperature of the vaccine, both in the data centers and at the hospitals. And that information flows through our system and becomes tamper-proof information that people then can depend on in the future to uh, know exactly what the, what the state of the vaccine was when it happened. There's no opportunity for it to be changed or tampered with. And then that information can be used for analytics by anyone in the industry that wants to, wants to know what was going on with the vaccine. What other use cases can you see this rolling out in the future? Like, look, we, you have been building the roads, the infrastructure for Hashgraph and for an immutable system. We didn't know it was gonna be used for COVID, but it is, and that's amazing. How else do you see this being used in the near future? Yeah, well, so the platform is horizontal in the sense that you can build any type of distributed application on top of it. Everywhere, of course, is, is uh, one healthcare application. If we just stick with that category, there's another organization, ABC Global, that is doing track and trace of all the pharmaceuticals that are flowing into the kingdom of Bahrain, for example. And then a third is the safe health systems is working with the Mayo Clinic and Arizona State University and, and many other organizations to um, also do sort of track and trace and, and knowing uh, when a person tracking when a person gets a vaccine so that they have proof in the future for any third party that they've received the vaccine and have been tested to, to be clear or, or clean of, of COVID. Those are just a couple of other examples. That's amazing. And I have one final question. And just because I think it's obvious and a lot of people are probably thinking the same thing. We are talking about tracking and tracing. Do you see that there could be a slippery slope with that, especially in an immutable ledger system? You know, it, it is a fair question. Um, nobody wants to feel like Big Brother is following them. Uh, there's always a slippery slope when it comes to the monitoring of, of any people group. And um, what I can say is that the customers that are using the platform today uh, obviously are doing that with the very best of intentions. I think that um, the you know ethics and uh, the wisdom of how to use and, and govern and pro provide policy for these types of technologies is extremely important. And that's something that we as a society are gonna have to grapple with in the years to come. Well, Mance Harmon, CEO and co-founder of Hedera, Thank you for coming on the show. And that's amazing what your company is doing. And good luck with uh, helping vaccinate a lot of people. Great. Thank you so much for having me. And in other news, Argentina is a country burdened with inflation, economic debt, and a fallen currency. And it's causing a lot of people to consider Bitcoin, which is why Bitcoin Google searches have been surging in Argentina the past couple of weeks. Searches for Bitcoin on Google are now twice as high as they were during the 2017 famous, crazy bull run. The DeFi market cap reaches $45 billion as the token prices shoot up. They've shot up anywhere from 50 to 100% in the past week. Why are we so bullish with this? Because even the most cautious and conservative crypto enthusiasts and traders still say that there's lots of room to grow in DeFi. Now, don't get market cap confused with how much total value is locked in DeFi. Right now, the total value locked in DeFi is $26.5 billion. Are you planning on mining Bitcoin? Well, if you are, 
you might want to know that Bitcoin's difficulty level has shot up cray cray. <laughs> that means a lot. Bitcoin's mining difficulty level has reached record levels over the weekend. This is the second time during this month that the Bitcoin difficulty has risen. And this is despite Bitcoin's price going down. So what is a Bitcoin difficulty? Well, the difficulty is a measure of how difficult it is to mine a Bitcoin block. Or, in more technical terms, to find the hash below a given target. A high difficulty means that it will take more computing power to mine the same number of blocks, making the network more secure against attacks. So let me put that in a nutshell, and make it maybe more digestible. Have you ever exported something from your computer, say a movie or a large file? The better your computer is, the more expensive it is, or the more power it has. It allows it to take all of the information in like an HD movie and compress it or export it to a certain or other program. If you have a cheaper computer or a computer that is not specifically designed to say export movies, it's going to struggle. If you have a computer that is specifically designed to export movies, it's going to breeze through it, hot knife through butter. Well, that's kind of like with Bitcoin. Right now, Bitcoin is using specific computers, they're called ASIC computers or ASIC miners, an application specific integrated circuit or ASIC ASIC that is specifically designed just to mine Bitcoin. It is made to basically do math as fast as it possibly can in that specific kind of math that is needed to mine Bitcoin. So in the nutshell I was talking about, the higher the Bitcoin difficulty, the more computing power you need to get that Bitcoin reward or to mine those blocks. Your little laptop is not going to cut it. And finally, more than $1.5 billion of ETH just left exchanges this week. People are wondering why. why. Why are they leaving exchanges? Expert analysis thinks that they're just going into DeFi or into ETH 2.0 staking. Basically, people want to earn money with their ETH instead of just leaving it on exchanges to trade. I mean, it's still mysterious. We don't know why all that ETH left all of a sudden. But one thing we do know is they're not cashing it out. They're using it for something. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Aaron. Please, like I said at the beginning of the show, <laughs> please go to the Apple Podcast, leave us a rating, subscribe, share with your friends, and do the most important thing, leave us a comment and put whatever you want to say in those comments to help us guide the show to make it better. We're here to teach, we're here to inform, we're here to bring in the news, and we're here to entertain. So make sure that we're checking all those boxes, and if we are checking all those boxes, put it in the comments, and if we're not, please give us some feedback. I'll see you tomorrow. Happy hodling.